Powerful at Work Radio, episode 55. Welcome to Powerful at Work Radio, the podcast for professionals who see their work as a calling. I'm your host, Rosa Ponce de Leon, and together we'll explore how people can position themselves to make a real difference with their work. We will cover topics ranging from leadership to emotional wellness to what true power looks like and everything in between. If you're ready to do work differently, tune in and join the movement. Now let's get after it. Victor Masconi had a lifelong experience with imposter syndrome and learned how to recognize it, reframe his thoughts, and make it work for a more fulfilled life. He is a PhD candidate in psychology with two master's degrees in various veins of psychology. Formerly a history and social science middle school teacher, Victor is also the founder of Imposter Solution Coaching. He uses his experience, knowledge, training, and coaching skills to help women leaders and entrepreneurs overcome their self-doubt and imposter thoughts to develop the mindset to achieve the goals and the life they desire. Victor Mesconi, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And you are here to talk to us about imposter syndrome. That's definitely a topic that is out there and we've overcome some issues with it. So let's hear it. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a growing issue. People are taking more notice of it. And it's for myself, it's one that it's affected me for much of my life, which I didn't realize though, until much later. And then I started putting the pieces together and realizing what I was feeling and where it was stemming from was affecting my current aspirations and current desires and, and accomplishments. And even the fact that I didn't really acknowledge or appreciate many of my accomplishments. What were you doing career-wise with industry? I was in education. Okay. So I, at the time I was teaching in middle school and I had already earned a master's degree in psychology and was using it in some aspects in my classroom. But when I was going through things with my teaching, I would often look at myself or actually let's put it this way. I would look at everybody else that I'm working with as being better than I was, as being smarter than I am, as being able to do the job with more effectiveness than I could. And even though I would feel like I'm doing an okay job with my students, I always had in the back of my mind going, I'm not doing a good enough job compared to everybody else. Mm. And it was constantly a comparison thing, even though I had no idea. Well, I had some idea of what they were doing in their class, but the dynamic of students and how their own teaching style was, it wasn't the same as mine, yet it was constantly in my head that I wasn't up to their level. And I would work harder on a lot of the projects that I would do, creating lesson plans, grading, trying to help give guidance to students. I was trying to make sure that I was trying to cover all the different bases that I could to prove my worth in a way. I even was department head of our social studies department for several years, again, thinking, okay, see, this will show it. But at the same time, I could sit there, be the department chair and think any one of these could be doing a better job. They're going to do a better job. They're going to see I'm not good enough at this job and they're not going to want me to do this job. And then after the end of the first year, they're like, hey, yeah, you did a great job. We want you around. We do it again. That's totally cool. We love it. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they're only saying that because they don't want to do it, not mm -hmm. because I'm doing a good job. And that's just it. With imposter syndrome, you find justifications for whatever you're doing. You find reasons you aren't good enough or find reasons why you achieved a position, you achieved a certain accomplishment, but it's not because of your own talents, skills, knowledge. It's, I got lucky. So it sounds like you're attributing it to external circumstances rather than to owning that win or that accolade yep. because of your own merit. Yes. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, comparison wise, I'm looking to everybody else. So I'm looking at all the external sources of other teachers. I'm looking at their external 
style of teaching. And then when it comes to any accomplishments, again, I am looking at external circumstances. Nothing was internalized as to who I am, what I'm capable of, or anything of that nature. So you realize this is kind of consuming you, right? At some point, what's the breaking point? What turned it around for you? There were a variety of other things going on in my life at the same time. And it became kind of like a spiral effect where I was going through those aspects of feeling I wasn't good enough and I wasn't able to do that. But again, it translated into personal aspects of my own personal life where I didn't feel like I was good enough in these other points. And it literally, I got to a point that I started just questioning all of it going this can't be what life is like that you can't be good in everything that you do and i would start to kind of like reflect and self-analyze in a way where i'm talking to myself going you can struggle for certain areas you'd have to work for things other people are going to be better than you that's just normal but Mm -hmm. feeling that i'm not good enough in every single aspect of my life that's like that can't be the way life really is. I started to reflect on other parts of my life and thinking, okay, well, wait, do I sit around? Do I just sit around and let everybody else do a job? And I'm like, no, I work really hard at, let's say, for, you know, teaching, creating my lessons and developing my lesson plans and actually interacting with the students and helping them to improve and achieve when I'm the department chair, working rigorously to make sure we have all the information we need. So it was starting to help me to see that Oh yeah, no, I I do do the job. I am working. I am putting in the effort, but it it was still not fully clicking for me as to, yeah, 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 you can do this. It was still okay. But then why do I feel this way? Why do I feel I'm not good enough? Yeah. It sounds like you, during your self-reflection, you actually were able to pull out and assess everything that you actually do do. And it helped to actually bring you to a point where you could acknowledge that you bring value. But what I'm hearing is that it wasn't an overnight thing that you actually considered that value to be as valuable as it actually was. Correct. It was not an overnight thing. It was something that literally it it took days, weeks, months for me to start putting all of this together and realizing it. And I realized, and even trying to then, of course, later go back and figure out where did this all stem from? But it was a continual process. It wasn't something that was just a aha moment. Boom, that's it. I understand now and let's move on. It was this growing process of me trying to figure out, well, wait, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? And trying to put all the pieces together. Because when you have imposter syndrome, you can start seeing these pieces and start seeing things like, oh, okay, I see it. But additional stress, other words from other people can throw you back several steps. And so all of a sudden you're like, okay, no, I must be just making that up. Maybe it's just in my mind that I see that I'm actually working hard, but really in true reality, no, I'm not doing a good enough job. And so it became this struggle, constant struggle of justifying it or understanding what was truly the reality. Yeah, you're describing a process of shedding an old pattern of behavior where it's very ingrained and it's very natural and it's your identity at this point. And you're then having to transition into someone new. And so that in-between space sounds like it's the most confusing because you're not here, but you're not back there. And like, who am I? And I think anytime we've experienced that in our lives, maybe everyone listening can relate in any area where you've experienced this insecurity. It's totally normal to feel like you took 50 steps back, but nothing changes the fact that you've already acknowledged that there's an issue and it needs to change and you just got to continue the course. Is that something that would be accurate for you? Oh yes, definitely. And you're absolutely right. When you're in that middle zone, you almost feel like you're 
over questioning everything, but it's because you are realizing that, okay, no, I am doing work. This isn't the way I truly am. But of course you're having these other hits coming to you going, no, 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 you really aren't that good. And so it's this back and forth questioning. The biggest mm -hmm. thing is trying to keep moving forward with it to realize, okay, I see that I can do the job. So now it's me trying to figure out how am I going to get there? What do I need to understand? How do I need to work through it? to pull myself completely away from that old persona. And what it's, I love about this is because you kept working. Obviously you didn't take a sabbatical to go and fix this issue, right? No. You continue to show up to, at work. You're continuing to fail in front of others and you're continuing to fail within yourself because you're having these doubtful moments. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice. But ultimately staying the course, where did that get you? It got me to actually a better understanding of who I am and that I actually was not only capable, but that I have skills, that I am worthy, good enough, good person, and that I actually can do the job and do it well. Not like everybody else. It's not a comparison. And that was the next part that I realized this isn't a matter of comparing myself to somebody else. It's a matter of me embracing my own qualities and realizing, mm -hmm. especially as a teacher at the time, that, hey, I can do this job. Am I helping my students? Yes, I'm helping my students. Are they succeeding? Yes. Are all of them succeeding? Not yet, but they're catching on here and there. Could a different teacher do it as well? Yes, but are they going to do it the same as me? No, they would have their own style. And it was like, literally, I'm walking myself through these steps. And sometimes it's a daily thing that I'm doing because I'm having to reflect back on it because I'm having these negative thoughts these imposter thoughts pop back into my head and I've got to stop myself and go, nope. Okay. Look, what did I do today? Okay. Well, we accomplished these aspects today. Okay. Did my students get some of something out of it? Yes, they did. Okay. Then we're making progress. That means I help them. That means we're doing what we need to. Am I working on things for tomorrow? Yes. I'm working on this part and this part. And again, I'd have to actually, it's almost like having a checklist in essence of that. I'm going down the checklist and saying, yep, I took care of this. I did this and writing in other like blank spots, but it helped me to visualize that I was actually improving. I was actually growing and I could actually see and appreciate my own accomplishments. And this process can sound very elaborate. Can you describe how it affected you emotionally? Was it draining? Did you find that you needed to account for certain periods of rest just to make sure that you were present for those interactions? Because if you skip that process, that you, you described is very elaborate, but it, it literally is the thing that's going to make the difference. So unless you're going back and walking through those thought patterns, the new pathways are not going to be formed. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Powerful at Work Radio. I'm your host, Rosa Ponce de Leon, and it is my goal to equip you for success in creating a culture where everyone loves coming to work and thrives. If you're loving these bite-sized pod episodes, I want to invite you to our upcoming free training event where I'm going to share with you my five-phase model for making sure everyone on your team is seen, heard, and understood. For details, visit my website, rosapontedeleon.com, and register for the event. There, you will also find links for my socials, and you can opt into our newsletter and get additional free content. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please hit the button and stay connected with the latest training from our featured guests. We're excited to help you lead your high-performance team to impact the bottom line. So describe that process a little bit more in terms of how your body responded to that. First off, yes, it was very exhausting, but it was also 
energizing. Part of the struggle with imposter syndrome is that you're constantly fighting against yourself anyways, mentally, Mm -hmm. questioning yourself, questioning your own abilities. And that becomes exhausting because the other part that goes with it is you don't want to share that information with anybody. So it's Mm. constantly trying to position yourself so you look a particular way to everybody else. And it's very tiring because you don't get to be you. So while Mm -hmm. you're struggling, while I was struggling through that, but then questioning everything that I was doing and going back through the steps, it would be exhausting mentally because at the end of the day, I would realize that I'm just wiped out Mm -hmm. physically. Sure. I'm energized. Yep. I got to run here. I got to do this or whatever, but mentally I'm just wiped out because of, it's almost like a double set of mental exercises that you're going through the regular job of what you're doing, but then the internal mental battle of the imposter trying to fight back. Plus you then describing everything that I'm going and having to rethink everything. And it definitely was exhausting yet at the end of each day, I also felt energized because then I would see how, no, I am doing good. I am. I could be exhausted, but energized at the same time, just because right. I felt like I'm, I'm actually making progress. I feel better about myself. I'm owning who I am and what I'm capable of doing. And it was a little bit of both, but every day, well, let's go with every week at first, I'd start feeling more energized and less exhausted because I was starting to connect more with my authentic self and and being appreciative of my own ability. Oh, that's excellent because you're bringing up an excellent point in in that you're taxing your body inside of the imposter syndrome, at least when you're getting healthy and going through that process of reframing your thoughts, it's getting you healthier. And that's where the energy comes from, it sounds like. Yes, definitely. It's knowing that you aren't having to hide yourself, knowing that I didn't have to feel like, well, I had to position myself a certain way or not mention something or feel like, oh, I couldn't say this, or I had to almost like hide my own feelings of something that I was doing as a teacher, but I could just express it. And it's like, yeah, it was really a rough day today with the kids. We just weren't really connecting with it, but I came up with some ideas for tomorrow. And that right there became something that was just more energetic or energizing because I didn't feel like I had to hide myself. I didn't feel like I had to put up a front saying, oh no, everything worked out really well today. Things were really good. Didn't have any problems, but I could just be honest and know that it's okay. They have Mm -hmm. bad days too as a teacher, Mm -hmm. somebody else that I'm working with and it's not a problem. We all do. But that's not where it stops. And we're going to try something different tomorrow. We really got into the weeds here. And I appreciate that because I think it's not talked about enough. And I think people that find themselves in these thought patterns, they do feel isolated and alone. And one thing you said is that inside of imposter syndrome, you don't feel like you can show up as yourself and talk about things. So you talking about things in our show today helps us to get that conversation going for people who are struggling with this and to say that this is normal and that there is a way. Oh, completely. Definitely. It's very important. And that's one of the things too with it is if there is that one person you feel you can talk with to share it with them and to let them know what you're feeling. And it's not so they, that other person can just go, oh, no, 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 you're totally fine. You're doing good because that never helps the imposter, the person feeling those imposter thoughts, but to actually listen to you and help you then reflect, even if they toss a few questions, well, okay, what did you do today? How did you work it today? What do you see at the end of your day? It helps you when you're struggling with those imposter thoughts to kind of trigger your own brain like, oh, wait, that's right. I did do that. I did connect with that. I was able to improve on that. Or yeah, I'm working on that in the next couple of days. So it's really big. The, the biggest thing is to stop hiding it and holding it in and start to actually share with somebody you feel that you can talk with and connect with in that fashion. Well, that's huge that you say that because sometimes if you're on the other side of it, 
you do want to empathize or make the person feel better or reassure them. But in reality, that facilitation that you mentioned is the key because you're asking them and helping them to reflect and see a bigger picture than maybe they're able to inside of their process. So that's really key for any supervisor that's listening or business owner that might have a very talented individual that has a hard time and might be struggling with this. This is something that we can definitely support that change and that transition for that person. Yes, definitely. Because as I was saying earlier, when we were talking about it is when we look for these external reasons, if you have that supervisor who says, no, you're really great. You're doing it out there. I see you working hard every day. As a person struggling with imposter syndrome, you're going to sit there going, yeah, but they're my boss. They're saying that to encourage. They're trying to do that because they don't want to go through the hiring process for somebody else. So already the person struggling with imposter syndrome, you're discounting it. Even though that supervisor could be truly sincere and helpful and supportive, you're already discounting it. But if the supervisor can ask the questions, you're right. And just say, well, okay, what did you accomplish today? It gets you to think back on, oh, well, I did this and I did that. And it helps that person struggling or experiencing imposter syndrome to actually reflect back on their day. And that makes a big world of difference because that's when they start internalizing their accomplishments and achievements, which is what you want to get to. Yeah. And I think sometimes as leaders, we aren't as good as making people feel seen. And I think that's what's happening in that reflection part is like, hey, did you notice when you did this that it was really good? And maybe they hadn't noticed, but you noticed. And I think Mm -hmm. that can facilitate that change in thought pattern. Oh, yes, definitely. And because like you said, it's getting them to see it. So even if they said, hey, when I was watching you work on this today, I saw you get this done. I saw you take care of it this way. Did you notice that? And you're right. Much of the time when I'm working on things, I don't really pay attention to it. I'm just working on what I'm doing because it's what I know to do. It's that next thought of what I feel like I should be doing, but it's never that reflective thought of like, oh, hey, I did that. And that worked out really well today. That never connects. But yes, when you have that supervisor, that manager go, hey, I saw that did you notice that is that wonderful reflective moment awesome thank you for that i think we're getting ready to wrap up here and have some closing thoughts but ultimately for anyone listening who either has a person on the team that is struggling with imposter syndrome or if you're listening and you're struggling with it stay the course and definitely do the work put in the work of reframing your thoughts of stepping back and of looking at the big picture because no one lacks value. No, that's very true. And that's just that you have to be able to start internalizing your own value and and recognizing it. And the best way to do that is to, as you said, keep that pace going, keep yourself moving forward with it and start reflecting on what you're doing and appreciating those small accomplishments, big accomplishments, you're the one that helped to create those. And and that's a really big thing to start recognizing. Absolutely. Victor, thank you so much for our listeners who want to connect with you. What's the best way to do that? They can do it two ways. They could go to my website, which would be victormoss.com, or they could go on Instagram and mine is docmossinspired. Awesome. We'll have that in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, Victor. We really appreciate having you. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Powerful at Work Radio. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly teachings to shift your perspective on how to thrive in the workplace and stories from experts and career professionals who are daring to do work differently. And we want to invite you to the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast. And you can also visit us on Facebook and join the group Empower to Bloom Tribe, where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your career journey and also interact with like-minded professionals. I'll see you there.